Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. You know, the weather's getting warmer, so I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dory Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we're not experts. We're just two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. I like how you said that, Kate. Well, because, you know, I have a serum to talk about tonight, so I'm feeling a little sassy. I'm excited. Um, you can let us know about your serums or anything else by calling us at 781-591-0390. Or you can email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. Those things are true. You can join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash forever35. Um, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's, a a, it's slash no, forever35podcast. I, I never get it right. I never get it right. That's not true. You get it right like 99% of the time. Do you know, as I was reading it out loud, I was like, say it right, like in my brain. And I I was looking at the text. Well, listen, this is just a real fun behind the scenes moment of me reading things. Anyway, 
as I was saying, leave us a review, tell a friend, talk to us on social media. We love hearing from you. And all the products we mention on the show and any articles or books or anything we talk about is always on our website, forever35podcast.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever35pod. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Ooh. Excuse me. <laughs> you are excused, Dory. You what is happening to us? Are excused. I don't know. We're fall- I, I was literally like... <laughs> 10 minutes before sitting down to do this, I was facilitating a videotaping of the blinding lights TikTok dance with my children. So, wow, I've, I've I don't even know what that is, but you don't sh- No, I, I kind of stopped looking at TikTok. I don't look at it that much either. I, I kind of like I, I've put it on the back burner, but um, my kid learned this like popular TikTok. It was popular like many months ago, like right in at the beginning of kind of sheltering at home and so she learned mm-hmm. it and how so does now, the song how does the song go it's the song blinding lights do you know that song like do 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 you gotta listen to that oh song. yes 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 this um, is ringing a bell yes and so there's a very very uh viral tiktok dance to it so we don't post it on tiktok she just does it and her sister videotapes it that's oh that's fun so so then i was getting on the phone with you to start recording and like blinding lights kept blasting on the speakers in our <laughs> like it was like nobody oh, no. i i announced i was going to podcast but <laughs> does it matter it fell on deaf ears it they did not care they were just excited to dance. So anyway, at any moment that Aww. could start playing here in my house, but that's what I've been up to. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Um, wait, but you came here to talk. You literally came here to talk about serums. Yes. I want to initiate a product that I am like head over heels in love with having like a romantic comedy montage relationship with. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is the Elia super serum skin tint SPF 40. Now, listeners, Dory and I prepare a document for each episode, and I need you to know that I have bullet pointed all the things I want to talk about when it comes she has, to this. It's series. true. <laughs> There's like ten points. Okay, I had kind of like heard rumblings of this product, and I ordered it recently. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And I have been using it every day to experiment. Like normally when I get a new product, I'll use it every day. And I, I need to like officially announce that I am I'm endorsing this product. Wow. Okay. It's gotten the, the coveted Kate Spencer endorsement. Which is now a thing. Here. Okay. So the first thing you need to know is that it is expensive. It is $46. That price point is high for me when it comes to a skin tint. I think even though once a salesperson at Sephora talked me into buying a $75 skin tint, I don't normally spend like above 30 bucks, let's say. So this was a, this was a pricier purchase. I just want to preface with the price. Let's start there. It's high price. Okay. It comes in 18 shades. Ilya is a woman owned brand. Okay. Now this serum has a blend of hyaluronic acid, plant-based squalene and nia i can never say this word niacinamide niacinamide yeah niacinamide thank That's you right. so mm-hmm. it's very hydrating and smoothing and mm. the sunscreen is zinc oxide so it is like a very i don't even it's it's not a foundation it's very light okay but it's not 
it's more than a serum. Like it's got all these magical powers. It's like a serum with magical powers. Wow. It's like her- right. it's like Hermione Granger is a serum. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Does that make sense? It's like a very it's like oh no, it's like a smart serum. So you use your hands to put it on. I just kind of rub it between my fingers. I spread it on as I would a serum and it gives you just like a nice gentle tint. It gives you a dew. Plus you the love sunscreen. I love a dew. Plus I feel really good about this company. It's a really I don't, I don't I don't there are all the buzzwords that come with green beauty I find to be very irritating. So I do not know how to articulate like I don't want to use the word clean I don't want to use the word natural but Mm, I mm -hmm, I find mm -hmm. that it has minimal ingredients it's a cruelty-free company the bottle can be recycled after use and then the the drop part of it can be recycled through this whole system that they tell you about on their website um, through something called TerraCycle's zero waste box platform which I guess helps recycling hard to recycle items which I'd never heard of but I thought that was really cool so I, f- I feel like I like the elements that like that not only make up this product, but like the, the behind the scenes of the product. It seems like it, it does a lot. It's a it's a workhorse. It's a Hermione. A Hermione is. Granger. Again, like she's got everything. <sighs> now, it also has won awards. It won Best Clean Foundation from Glamour, Best Makeup with Clean Sunscreen from Elle and Birdie Eco Beauty awarded at best foundation wow yeah so it, it it is definitely i don't i would never wear it as a foundation but i am a minimalist okay makeup person and i love this for like everyday wear and i have to say dory you know i got the glossier Superdew, which is mm-hmm. also like a light tinted serum yeah and you were you were all about that for a minute i was into it but this i like way better wow i like it better because it has a sunscreen it's a bit more matte than the superdew the superdew literally looks like you are like a shimmering beam of of light it's very dewy and i have a question yes story how did you figure out your shade okay i did a shade test on sephora where they ask you your shade in other foundations you wear Got it. Okay. Um, because that is that is a very, I imagine, a very hard thing about purchasing, like color matching, especially when you yes. can't go somewhere and try it on. But I have I've found it to be, um, it feels right. It feels like that little, that little um, like foundation identifier tool on the Sephora homepage worked for me. Okay. Good to know. I might try that myself. Questions, comments, feedback. <sighs> what can um, I tell you? I'm intrigued. I'm considering purchasing this for myself. Have you heard about it? No. Okay. Have you heard of Ilia? I, yes, I have heard of Ilia. I really like their stuff. I've They've started like advertising on billboards <laughs> in Los Angeles. Oh, um, really? I didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by them. I will say. Well, I want to I want to just divulge that I have been using this product kind of in conjunction with a few others. And oh. it's made for like kind of an interesting daily makeup routine that I like I don't normally wear any makeup, but just because I've been, you know, playing around with stuff because of the pod. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, 
it, it, I've been using this and it's like, it's a barely there look, but I like it. Uh-huh. It makes, I just, I like the feel. So I've been using this, the serum with yep. Ilya's Limitless Lash Mascara, which I also really like, especially for like a more natural mascara, which I've had a really hard time with. They always just like smear all over my face. This doesn't uh-huh. irritate my eyes. It really like lengthens and separates my lash, my lash as well, and it washes off easily. Okay, so there, that one, that's 28 bucks. Again, a little pricey. Then Dory. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, do I sound a little like high strung right now? You sound great. Okay, you can be honest. I'm. Uh, yeah, you can be honest. Again, I only see three people. I only talk to three other people besides you, and two of them are under the age of ten. So this is a very exciting for me. Hey, don't forget your dog. Oh, that's true. I do talk to her. You know, a lot. but yeah, she doesn't appreciate exactly. beauty products. No, she doesn't. She does. She's very pretty, but she is. She and she care. <laughs> she takes care of herself. She does. She does. So. I've been using, so I ordered a bunch of stuff from this company, Fat in the Moon, which is a very mm-hmm. small herbalist owned, supernatural, environmentally friendly company in Northern California. And I got the, they have these two kind of highlightery products. All their products are mm-hmm. like, can do numerous things, but I got two of them. One is called Beam. And I use that on like my eyes and my lids and my bones. And then I use their highlighter bronzer and lit on my cheeks so it's those four Ooh. things and it just kind of gives me i'm gonna borrow from you a zhuzh i love a zhuzh it gives me a zhuzh it takes two seconds it washes off easily at the end of the day i'm just i i'm feeling really good about this right now and i did check in with my husband today and i was like does do i look like i have makeup on he's like you look like you have something and i was like <laughs> does it look what does it look like he's like it just looks like your face is like there's stuff <laughs> So there's that, stuff that feels like an endorsement. Uh, that's yeah. Anyway, I, I agree. I just, I like, it's just a fun, like little bit, little touch of something. And I really like these products and the fat and the moon products are like very, again, it's, it, they're all made by an herbalist. So they're very all natural. So for like everyday use, I'm just loving smearing them all over myself. Great. Okay. So that's I'm excited for you. Thank you. And and like look, no disrespect to the Glossier Superdew, but I find it is it is super dewy. And it's too Mm. it's too like kind of sticky and tacky and um shimmery for me. I prefer I find like I find Mm. this Elia super serum skin tint to be a bit more uh, like matches with my like it feels like it could just be my skin like maybe i don't have anything on yeah but i do but you do so anyway that's been very exciting for me i haven't had this total feeling of like connecting with a product in yeah a long you, time you, i can i can hear the enthusiasm you can in your hear voice. It. it sounds like i just went on a first date and i like really excited that's what i feel like okay i'm very happy for you <sighs> so i i I recommend all those products. Fat in the Moon is a really fun brand to explore. If you're curious, I've I, I went to them for their deodorant cream because it's kind of a cult fave, but I've been really mm-hmm. enjoying their adornment products for your face. And they sent a sample of shampoo powder, and I'm obsessed with that as well. Wow, okay. It's like a powder you mix with water when you're in the shower and it becomes shampoo. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so you don't need like plastic or glass packaging. I don't know. They just, every, they're great. Okay. Dory, I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to inhale. Okay. okay. Exhale. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna pass the mic to you, and I would love to hear how you are doing because we have not recorded in about seventy two hours. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been what feels like months. <laughs> um. Well, I have an update. I'm ready. I'm here. Okay. Um. I have an I have a folliculitis update. I also want to also just preface this by saying that I I was never officially diagnosed with folliculitis. I, I self-diagnosed. Now that said, my self-diagnosis led to a self-prescribed treatment Whoa. that seems to be working. So I'm basically a dermatologist. Okay. Wow. Things have changed so much during the <laughs> last know. three months. You, you can call me Dr. Shafrir now. Dr. Shafrir. <laughs> no degree, just Google. So folliculitis is Dory infected hair follicles is that correct it's basically like like zits on your scalp Mm. yeah the old because of like you know you know how when you have like an ingrown hair and you get a zit yeah my favorite it's basically that but all over your head but on your head. I mean, not like all over. <laughs> sure, but you're, you're feeling it. Um, yeah, but I was feeling it. And then I also had a lot of zits around my hairline, which were very bothersome. And given that I'm someone who picks my zits, I felt like I was, I had like a gouged hairline and it was really not an attractive look. Not that I'm seeing anyone since I'm in lockdown, but for myself, I was... <laughs> I was a little agitated by it. Um, So as I discussed on a previous episode, I purchased the Clean. It's The brand is Clean, C-L-N. And they have a shampoo called Healthy Scalp Shampoo. You're supposed to use it one to two times a week. I use it about twice a week. And you're supposed to like rub it in your hands, get it kind of lathery, and then work it through your scalp for a full minute. Like like rubbing your scalp, you know, like if you were at the hairdressers and you were getting your hair washed, like that style. You know okay. what I'm talking about? Yeah, like a yeah. really good, like, like a really, scrub. yes, exactly. So really getting in there. And then on the days that I'm not using that shampoo, I'm using my old OGX thick and full biotin shampoo, which I've been using for ages and which I like. Um, and... I'm still getting, I want to say, I'm still getting some scalp zits, but definitely not as many. Wow. And here, here is another thing that I'm doing. I don't know if you remember, I had said that I trained my hair, like I wasn't washing my hair as much. Like yes. I used to be someone who washed my hair every day. Then like I stopped doing that and I was really psyched that I could go for like four days or five days without washing my hair. Yes. But then... When I put on my detective hat, I thought, you know what? I think this is contributing to my zit problem on my hairline and my head. Oh, interesting. I think I need to keep my hair and scalp cleaner. So I'm washing my hair more. I'm trying not to let it go more than two days without washing. And I'm always washing it after I work out, which I had not been doing. And which is probably not great. It's probably fine if you don't have these issues, but I think if you have these issues and you're not, at least for me, I think it was exacerbating the problem. I also washed some baseball caps. 
Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay, just to kind of get whatever's in there out. Yeah. 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 Okay. Hand wash them in some woolite. Okay. Okay. And uh, yeah, because you know you don't want a baseball cap to shrink. Now I like how you basically are a detective and a dermatologist. I am. I wear many hats. It's true. <laughs> many clean hats. You've washed many, them. Cl- many very clean hats. Yes. Some are baseball caps. Some are those little <laughs> hound's tooth caps with oh the feather in them. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> No fedoras, though. No fedoras. No. God forbid. No. No. Um, so, yeah. So, I think it's all helping. That's great. Congratulations. Thank you so much. I do also want to say that I am still losing hair from, like, mm. post. I think from postpartum. Oof. That's And it has now been over a year since I had Henry. Um. I'm not losing as much as I was a few months ago, but I'm still definitely losing like quite a bit. So I don't know. But I'm also like not motivated to really like go like it doesn't seem like something that is so urgent that I need to like go to the dermatologist for. Yeah. You know, but you could. I mean, uh, I could. I could. Why not? Kate, I could. Why not? You know what? I say right. why not? I could. Um. Wait, can I tell you something else that I did? I'm an, um, all the time. Yes, of okay, course. Great. Anytime. So a few nights ago, I was feeling really stir crazy. Like, just like, uh, w- 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 this is never going to end. Mm. Like, what is happening? I'm feeling so stir crazy. And Matt suggested that I take a drive by myself. Like, after we had put Henry down for the night. And he's like, why don't you just go take a drive? And I was like, okay, that's a good idea. And I drove to the beach. Wow. What time of day yeah. was this? Was this like, was it so, dusk or was it yes, dark it out? Was dusk. It was dusk. And I was like, ooh, if I go right now, I will be able to make it there for the sunset. Because the sun is setting really late right now because we're almost at the summer equinox. And I got there in time for the sunset. And I watched the sunset. And... Stood on the beach for a little while, smelled the ocean. Mm. It was nice. I was I was on the beach for maybe ten minutes, and then I took a couple of photos, like pretty sunset photos, and I drove home. And you know what? It cleared my head. That uh, sounds amazing. Good for you, Dory. Thank you. Now I know not everyone has a car. Not everyone is lucky enough to live within a. 25 minute drive of the beach but hopefully there is something that people if people are feeling similarly where they live hopefully there is something that they can do along these lines that will just help them kind Mm. of get out of their heads for a little bit yeah it's really it's so hard right now with people being in so many different spaces and our inability to really move. Although I know some places are, quote, opening up, and <laughs> maybe it is easier for people to now leave the house. But um, you and I are still certainly sheltering at home. Yeah, I mean, I would say, if anything, like, we've... I, I, Matt, my husband has gotten a lot more concerned about opening up Mm, interesting as opposed Um, to becoming more like relaxed as time goes forward yes 
yes, he's becoming a lot more concerned. And so that is kind of, that is necessarily impacting my behavior as well. So things that I might have been open to doing, I'm not doing because I want to respect his Mm. anxieties. Yeah. It's it's really hard balancing, um, not just like for people who are going through this with a partner or partners, like having to manage like not just your own concerns, but then you have to incorporate somebody else's that's a, or, or concerns about other people. Like that's a lot of, that's a lot of emotional weight. Yeah. I mean, you know, even when I took Henry to that protest last week or two, a week and a half ago, um, and it was a, it was like, it was a, it was essentially a march like around the reservoir, the Silver Lake Reservoir. So it wasn't going to be a massive, and it wasn't going to be a big protest, but he was like very nervous for me to go. And I was very mindful of like staying far away from people as much as I could. And mm. obviously always wearing a mask. And, but you know, that's like, that is an issue. Wow. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and it's hard because as you and I were discussing earlier, like we have no guidance from our federal government, like literally. So it feels a lot like every person for themselves a little bit and everyone's kind of on their own to ascertain what they're going to do. And it's feels very scary and frustrating and um, doesn't feel like a good situation. No, it doesn't. Um, What else is happening with you? Well, the only thing I wanted, other thing I wanted to mention is that I attended an online Zoom panel that was really informative and enlightening and um, impactful and moving and very intense. It was called Fuck Your White Centered Wellness. It was a group of black, indigenous um, women of color having a panel discussion on why Uh, there needs to be an end to centering white voices in wellness and also how kind of that centering of whiteness within the wellness community impacts social justice work. Um, It, you know, it continues to perpetuate inequality, racial inequality. And it was just, it was really um, moving. And I'm really grateful that um, they created the space to share and for people to listen. And I I found out about it from a yoga teacher who I follow online, whose name is Diane Bondi. And I just wanted to Mm -hmm. specifically mention her because she was how I found out about the panel and her book, which I just ordered. I wanted to give it a, give it a mention and I will, I will definitely talk more about it once I have it in my possession, but it's called yoga for everyone, 50 poses for every type of body. And I came to her on Instagram because she is she's a very well-known yoga teacher, but especially for creating um, really inclusive spaces in the yoga community. Uh, and no matter like, you know, uh, body shape, physical abilities, what you look like, who you are. I, I really I like she's really like a, a, a leader in, in that space in the yoga world. So cool. That is how I came to her work. I just ordered her book. Um, and I just wanted to give that a mention. Great. Thank and you will, for mentioning it. Once I have the book in hand, I will talk more about it. But from what I have seen of it, it looks fantastic. So I'm really excited to have it in my actual home. I'm excited for you. Well, I maybe I'll get you a copy as you also practice yoga. 
Oh, thank mm, you, Kate. Okay, well, now I know what I'm doing. <sighs> well, before we take a break, I just want to say, like, I loved talking to our guest. Yeah, this was... Um, this was an interview. Well, this book, her book, Meredith Feynman's book, and then our interview with her, like, left me kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is, not shell shocked, but like very moved and inspired to change some things within myself and how I behave mm-hmm. in the world. I loved her book. Yeah, I did too. I loved it. She was so fun to talk to. Um, so, all right, we're going to take a short break and then we'll be right back with Meredith. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me me just tell you why. Yeah, get into it. Do you want to tell me why? No, no. I was just going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. That's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see how also, it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. 
We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year, I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like, I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 Lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with glorious dynam. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince. But it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie. Also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I, I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from thirty dollars. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning fourteen karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Our guest today is Meredith Feynman. Meredith is an entrepreneur, a writer, and podcast host. She is the founder and CEO of Fine Point, a leadership and professional development company that elevates individuals from young professionals to CEOs. Meredith is also a freelance writer of 15 years and a book collaborator with bylines from Harvard Business Review to Forbes, Fast Company, and more. She speaks and trains on the power of self-promotion to companies, brands, universities, and groups. And she created and hosts It Never Gets Old, which is a podcast on secondhand and sustainable fashion, which you know we love here at Forever 35. And Meredith is an author of a new book, which is titled Brag Better, Master the Art of Fearless Self-Promotion. It is out everywhere on June 16th, and it is absolutely fantastic, and everyone should read it. Welcome, Meredith. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I love Dory and I. I don't think it's overstating the case to say that Kate and I both feel like this yeah. book kind of I, it truly lives. is I'm such so a happy. valuable valuable read and the, the only regret i have is that i didn't have this book earlier in my life because it would have come in handy so many times well you're so not alone in the difficulty of you know bragging and promoting yourself that that's why i wrote this book and i hope that everyone can get it and learn from it um and i'm so excited to to be here with the queens of the serums so you know, it's deeply exciting for me too. We're very thrilled that you brought right? serums to this. I mean, we're we're interviewing you remotely, obviously, um, but you have serums with you in case we head down that road. So thank you for really coming prepared. Yeah, I just want to be really prepared. Um, I I brought a couple of different products I'm into. Um, I know that's like not the theme of this interview. It's about brag better, but um, you know, I know the basis of of why we're all here listening to Forever Thirty Five, which is serums. So. Yes, but let's let's talk about your book yeah. because your book is I feel like it's going to be like a a reference book for me for like the rest of my life. Um what made you want to write this book? Why do you feel why did you feel so strongly about this book? You said you'd been working on it for a long time um and it feels very personal. So we'd love to just kind of hear about what motivated you to write it and what you hope people are going to get out of it. Absolutely. So Brag Better at its core is about feeling like your accomplishments are worth talking about and that they are enough and how to go about doing that in an environment that is scarily, um, you know, inclined to reward loud, unqualified people. Um, and I identify my audience for the book as the qualified quiet people that have done the work, but don't know how to talk about it. Um, and I will back way up. Um, 
I started working on this concept in 2013. Uh, before that, I started my consultancy, uh, Fine Point, as more of a public relations person. I had always sort of built my own brand as a writer. I started freelance writing when I turned 18. Um, and I like threw parties on the side and always just like had other stuff that I did. I was a nightclub promoter in New York in college, which is, is funny thinking about it now. Um, and I started my consultancy and I became pretty quickly the go-to for individual representation, which meant that people would come to me wanting, yes, media exposure, but also really some more around personal brand and how they were framing themselves, which you know made me take the company in a different direction, which is, yes, some media relations and press and more of those traditional activities, but also what it means to be in public, you know, how to brag about yourself. But I didn't come to that conclusion immediately at all. Um, but when I was representing people, I started to notice a couple things. One, this entirely new category of celebrity that really interested me, which was business leadership. And I didn't think it was fair that the benefits associated with understanding, you know, that you know, magnetic personality or, you know, press be reserved for whom it comes naturally to, which is like three people or people with giant budgets. Um, and then I realized that nobody knew how to talk about themselves. And that was particularly obvious for women. Uh, I was watching the trajectory uh, of, you know, young people that wanted to intern for me and they couldn't talk positively about what they'd done. And then friends, we'd be in networking situations or just all together. And I would hop in and play publicist. And then very, very high powered people, particularly women, but not only women that I was representing. And I was just watching this whole through line and it drove me crazy. And my aha moment happened where all great, you know, professional epiphanies occur, which was at a Las Vegas um, pool party. I was there for a friend's conference and I was like hiding in a bush trying to take a call with a client while also working on my tan. And I, she was just goals in every sense of the word. And I had booked her to go on TV and she said to me, you know, I don't know if I'm the best person to do this. There might be someone who knows more than I do. And I mean, ostensibly sure. But the problem was that she was not only at the top of her field in that subject area, but she was also in a presidential administration on the topic. And she didn't do it. And I hung up the phone and I wrote her sort of this impassioned letter. But I was like, if this person can't tout her background and feel good enough to go on TV when she also has the it factor and so many other things that, you know, PR people look for, which is separate, then the rest of us are honestly screwed. And I was, you know, the only person also reading a book at this, at this pool party and my phone died and there are no outlets because in Las Vegas, you know, drunk people will electrocute themselves at a pool. Um, so I wrote in the margin of my book, Braggart, and I put parentheses around the word art and in speeches, people have asked me why that changed from braggart, like the art of bragging to brag better. And I honestly don't know why. Um, but that, that was, uh, October of 2013. And I have been, you know, talking everyone blue in the face on the importance of bragging and, uh, creating a vocabulary to talk positively about professional accomplishment, which doesn't exist. Um, and that's where brag better came from. And, so I've been refining this concept, but what I want people to get out of it is, yes, this idea that everyone has things to brag about, that 
bragging is about stating true facts that we have this ugly word that I use to get attention and to be somewhat subversive, but we also don't have that many other words, but also to walk away with firm tactics. I think a lot of books that tread sort of the line that I am between personal and professional development end up very feelings-based, which is great. A lot of those books really help people, but I care that it was almost a decade of tactics that I had done with my clients. So actually, like, what can you do today, tomorrow, next week, this month? And it, it is becoming, you know, uh, in, in this time we're in too, whether it's Bragging Better from Home, that auxiliary chapter, which will be online free for everyone, um, is just really what I want people to get out of it. Can we talk about the word brag? Because I've, I even just hearing you talk and, and mention it, and I've read the book and like totally <laughs> am on board, and still it's very hard for me to feel comfortable even using the word brag. So could we kind of get into why it is kind of considered this dirty word and why it is especially hard for women to be comfortable with bragging? Absolutely. So, you know, I have been using the word brag in the work that I do since 2013 and have watched a lot of different reactions, a lot of them negative. You know, it's a word, this, it incites a lot of the same feelings from everyone. Um, it makes you anxious. It makes you nervous. It makes you feel icky. Uh, it makes you feel afraid. One of the issues also as a writer and and one of the reasons why I use the word brag is we don't have that many other words to describe this activity of touting your accomplishments and speaking positively about them. Like there isn't another word that exists. Um, and if you look at the definition of brag, it means to talk about oneself boastfully, which gives you nothing. If you look into boastful, it means to talk about yourself with excessive pride. Um which I think is interesting because it's obviously subjective. Uh, excessive pride that, you know, excessive is a complete judgment. Um, and it's a difficult word that I want people to reclaim and that discomfort. I think there's a lot of power in, in, in using that word. Um, but I do use it on purpose because it, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. But the act of this and what I'm talking about is also uncomfortable, but it doesn't have to be. Um, for women, it is like, first of all, you shouldn't know how to do these things. Like there's this misnomer that you should, maybe because we associate a lot of this stuff with like quote unquote soft skills and, you know, those sorts of things. Um, but as women, I mean, we're told to like be pretty and shut up. So that's obvious there. You're policed from your voice to your ankles. You're judged on metrics that men are not. And historically for women, you know, positive attributes were associated with passive behaviors. She was demure. She was shy. She was coy, like specifically quiet ones. Um, and, and so all of that. And then you see what happens when you are a woman in public and the real danger and or criticism that happens with it. My argument is to do it anyway. But like, I mean, you're so not alone that this is what I do for a living. Um, and the problem is we also don't have good examples of this. Um, you know, I, we have this inverse relationship between volume and merit and the qualified quiet, my audience, those that have done the work, but don't know how to talk about it, which is irrespective of gender, but let's be real, this deeply affects women, um, is something that we all really have to work on. Yeah, let's talk about the qualified quiet. I, I remember this awful saying that I used to hear people use, which was, 
you know, you're either a workhorse or a show pony mm-hmm. at work, which is like so horrible. But I think this is kind of what you're talking about here. Um, the show ponies being the people who can kind of talk about themselves in a boastful way and the workhorse workhorses being the qualified quiet who just kind of keep their heads down and do their work. And that has been sort of valorized in our culture. And as you say, particularly for women. So if people have been kind of conditioned to be this way, how can they become loud? And why is it important to become loud? Yeah, And when I say loud, I don't mean the volume of your voice, though it could mean that. It means asserting the work that you've done to get the recognition that you want. And that recognition, recognition means a lot of different things. A lot of times for my clients, that means like very high level, you know, a TED talk or a profile in the Times, uh, in the New York Times. But, you know, that could also just mean more recognition with your colleagues, a raise. Um, And I think that, you know, I cared that Brag Better was full of like very tactical um, exercises that you could do to sort of at least you know, dip a toe into these waters. The problem is the examples that we have are, are really, really extreme. Um, and so it makes you not want to do these things. Like there are tons of people that'll come to me and say, Oh, well, this one person did it this way and I hate it. I hated it. I never want to be like that. So I'm just not going to do it at all. Um, and, and you don't really have anywhere to know how to begin. So I think that, you know, we have this idea that bragging about your work and talking about your work is not work. Um, And in the sort of economy and the ecosystems we live in, uh, talking about your work is hard work. It's a different, you know, personal muscle, but one that you have to really train because people don't know what you want and what you've done until you tell them. Um, You know, currently we're, you know, as of recording right now, we're all working from home and and that's even more extreme. Um, But you, you have to start telling people. And I'm also desperate for, you know, smart, thoughtful people that have put in the time to start being the ones out there giving the rest of the world their knowledge. I think that that is just like overwhelmingly important period, but particularly in a time and in an election year. Yeah, for sure. Um, I love the phrases that you suggest people never use when bragging. And I I just wanted to mention them because they're so commonplace that and and just this this idea of undercutting ourselves verbally is you, you say that we don't even notice when we do it because we're so used to doing it. But some of the phrases that you mention are, quote, self-promotion alert, shameless plug, I hate to brag, but dot, 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 or shameless (laughs) self-promotion, which I've used all of these um, regularly. Uh, How do you... What kind of tips do you have for people to get more comfortable transitioning to speaking about themselves in a more forward way? Yeah. Um, you know, I'll say we all do these things. We all have these issues. It's totally universal. Um, and, you know, using those phrases, the problem with them, which I'm sure even I sometimes have used them. Uh, the problem with using them is that it's that anxiety that you're feeling 
translates to your reader and then they don't know how to help you. So like if I, I, there's a friend of mine who's always on TV, she's smart and interesting and does, you know, does amazing segments. And every single time she does one, she posts like shameless plug, you know, I was on blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to do with that because what you're telling me is you're going to insult it before anyone else can. But also like, what's the action item here? Like if anything, I like I can do you want me to share it? Do you want me to never speak of it again? Um so I think thinking about like your reader or your listener in in those cases. Um and a lot of times it's just a matter, you know, I talk about different sentiments and important, you know, parts of brags whether you're leading with gratitude or presentation. Um and sometimes it's just about like stating the thing you've done and letting it hang there because you know, you won't self-combust, I promise. Um, and it might feel like you will, but you know, you want to let people celebrate you. Otherwise it just sort of like, you know, falls is just sitting there for everyone to just sort of stare at. Nobody knows what to do with, like you want this to help you. So I would say watch those things is the first thing you can do. All this stuff is really scary. Like that's why I wrote this book. That's why I care about helping people with this specific problem. Um, so start small. If it's just removing those qualifiers, if it's just when you introduce yourself or when you hear yourself, you know, trying to undercut something or downplay it, just holding it for a second. And even if you can't cut it out, like right immediately, being aware of it is sort of the first thing to then being able to stop saying those things. That reminds me of uh, a sentence in your book that I really liked, which was, it's a good idea to think of bragging as a habit, like brushing your teeth and do it regularly. What are some other ways that people can do this to sort of incorporate bragging into their everyday lives? Yeah, I think it's it's about practice um, and just starting wherever you want to start. Like, I don't care if, you know, I there have been very um, more junior workers that I've counseled and it's just about actually this is true for everyone it doesn't have to do with level of, it's irrespective of level of seniority frankly like I have heard some of these sentiments from household names truly it's it's pretty crazy um you know maybe you just want to contribute more in a meeting um maybe you just want to be able to share something that you wrote on a social media platform without using one of those you know negative qualifiers or just feeling okay about it or you just want to be able to tell like one friend like hey i killed this presentation um like let's get a drink and celebrate or like do a you know in, in your vein do a face mask and celebrate um you know i think that you want to celebrate some of those really small wins none of these are like big swinging like stepping out onto some big stage, literal or figurative, um, but just making yourself practice doing it, whether you also get a buddy in doing this sort of thing. Um, you know, Jessica Bennett, who I, I peppered this book with uh, interviews of people that I find interesting, whose voices I find unique, who have different experiences and backgrounds. Um, and Jessica Bennett, who wrote Feminist Fight Club, talks a lot about the idea of a boast bitch, um, which is this idea that you have a partner in bragging. Um, and then you get, you know, you help each other and tag team. It's certainly not a solo effort. So much of bragging better too is doing so for others and asking them to do so for you. So there's definitely strength in numbers if you want to start there too. A great tip, Dory. I will be uh, your bragging partner. I 
was thinking the same thing. Just, you know, hit me up whenever you need but a brag. I could Great. be yours. Great. And what well, if you think about how you talk about your friends? Like it's so easy to do that. And, you know, you guys are close friends and, you know, collaborators. It would be so easy for you to write a brag about the other. Um, and maybe doing that exercise and then seeing if you can say those things for yourself without spontaneously combusting, uh, which I promise won't happen. But, um, you know, I think that's a great place to start. We get a lot of listener emails and questions about salary negotiations, which is a chapter in your book, but also about how to speak to a manager or supervisor about things that would make their working experience better, things that they deserve, need, you know, working from home, accommodations to schedules, um, uh, taking off of a workload that's too much. How do you suggest people approach these conversations? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'll speak it into the universe. I hope that I get to write brag better with money, um, because it's just a completely ripe topic. Asking for recognition and asking for money are very similar. They're just different currencies. Um, and so there was so much around money I wanted to include in this book and being comfortable talking about it. It's a whole, you know, as I said, it's a whole separate book. Um, but in salary negotiations, it's an act of, you know, touting your value and bragging um, at a core level to get recognition you deserve in in the realm of money. Um, and there are a lot of different ways you can do this. Uh, but when it comes to also just asking for what you need, we all want to take on so much and do so much and never want to ask for help. And there's so much power in doing that. And I think there's a way to brag about what you've done without being like, oh, I'm weak because I can't do it all. Um, so I think, you know, those two things can exist, can coexist. You can say to a higher up, like, you know, these are the awesome things I'm doing, but like, this is what I could do if I had more resources, if I had some more help, if I had more people that worked under me, if I was able to do this, um, you know, from home and framing it as like, I provide value. Here's how much more value I could provide. And this is what I need in order to be able to continue to kill it. I think there was like a, I think it's a lot about framing it. Um, at least, you know, just sort of off the top of my head, that's what I'm thinking. If you need, like, we all want to do everything. Um, in my experience, you know, when people have worked for me, I have to say this, this is the one thing I have to say to every particularly woman that has ever worked with or for me is like, I don't care if you can't do it. I just need you to tell me. Um, so that I can do it or that mm -hmm. someone else can do it. Um, and that doesn't even necessarily have to apply to brag better. That's just been my experience working with other, you know, really hardworking, ambitious women that want to take it all on. Um, it's, it's like just the communication piece of it. And, and you can still do a great job while needing, you know, you need help to do a great job. So that, that is something that, you know, you can still say, to a higher up and maybe it's in a meeting. I mean, I talk a lot about bragging to people how they also want to be bragged to. I mean, we've all read like the five love languages and like I, I didn't, you know, include this broken out this way in the book, but like if your boss 
really likes to th- see things written, like talking at them about all your wins, like is not going to help. You have to like speak to them in their bragging language. Um, so, you know, whether it's that and you write them all out, but say like, here's what I need to do even more. Here's what I think I can do with these, you know, three things that I need um, is honestly just the truth. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm wondering also, your book has a lot of info on public speaking and like media appearances. And we did just touch on salary negotiations and, um, kind of bragging at work, but I'm, I'm wondering for people who might not be in the media or public speaking, what are some of the other things that you want people to get out of your book? Yeah. I mean, I just want people to feel like their work is worth talking about, which it is. Um, I, I always tell a story of when you're in communications, you don't get a lot of um, men in your office necessarily that want to work for you. And I remember a young man, he was 18. Um, he was 20 minutes late and came in in a suit and, um, you know, gave me a very firm handshake and had absolutely no relevant experience, but, and had worked at, a couple theme parks and fast food places. And he was like, I, if you need me to take out the trash, I will do it better than anyone else ever has. Um, and I have not been bragged to that well, honestly, since. Um, so it's not, and it, I mean, I still talk about it now. I mean, he didn't work. He had, I mean, it was not a fit, but I was so struck um, that, I mean, I, the, the, the high, 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 high powered people that like we all probably look at or whatever can't say half those things. Um, and so it's just irrespective of age or level of seniority. Like everyone has great things to tout, whether you are in college, whether you are on a corporate board, like it's, it's very, very similar feelings. And so like, that's what I really care about. And that you also understand that we need the people that have done the work, the qualified quiet to start talking about it because we, we need you and your knowledge and your know-how and your commitment to truth and understanding and research in whatever field or whatever it is you're doing. Um, you know, that's what I really want people to get out of it and get a roadmap to at least beginning some of these, these things that are hard, at least opening the door. Yeah. Can we talk about imposter syndrome? Of course. <laughs> As uh, it, it seems like an extra challenge for those of us who struggle with it, which I think is a pretty universal experience, to then transition to someone who can brag about themselves. Do you have tips for people on working through their imposter syndrome? I mean, like I said, it's a universal experience, right? Like we've all yeah. we've all got it in some way. Yeah, I think. I mean. I mean, writing a book is is such a hard, terrible. I mean, I collaborated on a book previously, but this is the one you know with my name on the door, if you will. Um, and I'm like, oh my god, what if it's really bad? But what if it's really good? But what if it's really bad? Um, so you know, I think that we, I certainly experience it, and it, you know, I get even more annoyed at myself when it happens to me because I'm like, girl, you literally wrote a book called Brag Better. Like, what the fuck are you gonna do? Um, so. <laughs> Like, that's not cute, but it it affects all of us. You know, I see it very similar to 
hesit- you know, hesitation for bragging. I think they're linked in some way. And I think it just hits on something I talk about, which is just being a self-aware person. Um, you know, people are like, well, what if people think I'm really obnoxious or what if I brag too much? And I'm like, well, that level of self-awareness is actually what's going to stop you from doing that. You know, the people that you see screaming or that you find, you know, deeply unsettling, though sometimes people find me unsettling. Um, so a lot of it is, you know, you got to pick your poison, but, um, you know, is that level of self-awareness and self-aware, self-critical people. Like we all, um, you know, feel these things. And in so many interviews in the book and just thinking about them, it's like, we are so willing to accept criticism um it's like oh you want to tell me that i'm trash like let me be the first to tell you that i am trash um but if someone's like oh you did a great job i'm like wait you're lying to me um and we don't want to accept the praise like that's a huge part of bragging better too is like Mm -hmm. being able to accept the praise um and lovey ajayi who's in the book it's like she's like you know why wouldn't you want to be celebrated like did you not do that thing like did you not and and it reminds me i think which i still remains in the book about a sketch that amy schumer did on her show a million years ago about women complimenting each other and when they you know each woman receives the compliment she just trashes herself and then it gets to amy and amy accepts the compliment and all of the women's heads blow off um it feels a little bit like that (laughs) it can feel a little bit like that but this is all hard like you know i'm sitting here with an active vulnerability of like writing a whole book i'm like do you like it tell me it's good do you like it wait it's bad tell me it's good so it's all hard for all of us can we talk about kind of writing your own story you have this idea in the book of creating a campaign of you and um, how can people do that? And what are the steps that they should take to create a campaign? Yeah, so a huge part of brag better and bragging better is actually taking the skills of publicists um, and flipping them on yourself. So that's actually what a lot of the book is about. Um, so, you know, I called it the campaign of you because, you know, I'm, I'm also still a publicist. And, you know, the things that PR people do is basically getting what you want only by being persuasive without like money exchanged um, and just by being convincing and having good timing and packaging something in a way that's appealing. Um, and I think that's super powerful. Um, and when I was working more just as a general publicist before I was doing what I was doing, I was noticing people just like toss out all the interesting parts, which was this packaging and pitching and learning how to ask for things and dealing with tons of rejection um, just in place of like a media hit for a tech bro. Like, It's like, I don't, that's so uninteresting. Like all of these skills are so useful for people. Um, So what I mean by a campaign of you is this idea of thinking like a PR person. Um, How are you going to, you know, create a package of yourself online and offline so that you can pitch it so you can ask for things um, and, you know, get that recognition, get that raise, get that promotion um, or, you know, some of this is public facing, get that speaking gig. Um, you know, I think it's it's about beginning and and looking around at what already exists about you and what you're putting out there. Like what's something super tactical you can do right now is email five people. Um, so I recommend a friend, a family member, a colleague, uh, a loose tie, and then someone you only know through social media. And ask all five of those people um, to tell you what you do. 
and to describe like what your work is. And that allows you to see yourself from five different angles, um, which is hard. It's hard to, you know, look at yourself outside of yourself. Um, and it gives you good perspective on what different people think of you um, and think that you do for a living. Cause you know, a family member loves you, but doesn't necessarily understand what you do. And a friend is like, I'm your biggest stand, but like, I have no idea what you do all day. And, you know, maybe this social media person thinks you only, like upload memes, which is what I do on Instagram all day personally. So um, I think that's like a really good barometer and place to start from. And then you got to think about how you might want to retool that that framing of yourself. And then once you get all of that in place, whether that is, you know, writing consistent bios and, you know, um, there's a lot of different information, but it is in the book. And um, so, you know, figuring out how you're presenting now. And then once you've got all that sort of like locked and loaded, uh, figuring out how you're going to start to pitch yourself for whatever it is that you want. Can we switch gears a little bit and talk about your your podcast? Yes. Great. So you have a podcast called It Never Gets Old, which is about the secondhand economy, which is wonderful. Um, I really enjoy it. And I'm curious what sparked your interest in secondhand clothes. And also, what have you learned from doing the show? Oh, boy. So, you know, I am like media trained out the butt. You know, I like sparkly, whatever, present yourself. Audio is very difficult. That was the first incredibly humbling thing I learned when I started It Never Gets Old is it is deceptively difficult. You lose so many of your tools. That was just what's hard for me. And I also have this thing where I'm very savvy, but I'm incredibly technologically challenged. So my producer, Sarah Lane, like, thanks to her, like, I, like, I can't even plug things in. So, so that was difficult. Like, I'll say that was hard. Um, but I have been obsessively, furiously secondhand shopping, buying and selling since I was 11. Um, my mom was, is a prolific secondhand shopper. She took me to a store, um, millennial woman growing up in the aughts. Uh, and there was a CNC California tank top and it was like, eight dollars and i was like holy shit this is marked wrong and i asked the woman rose who now was one of the you know i I love consignment store owners because it's older women second third career super interesting like i have a lot to say about you know that versus some of the big guys that you know these startups i think are good but the culture of consignment like i was the ducky at so many consignment stores i still am like just sitting on the counter like talking to the talking to all the employees like um For our for our listeners who don't get that reference, <laughs> yeah. it is a pretty in pink reference, which like iconic wardrobe that he wore. So um, I like yes. you know actually that all of those are icon- all of those John Hughes movies are have iconic wardrobes. But um, so basically, you know, she was like, "Well, it's consignment." And I was like, "Well, what does that mean?" She's like, "Someone else wore it first. I was like, "Cool." So I, I took the tag off. I mean, I bought it. Took the tag off and put it on immediately. Um, and I got hooked ever since then. And I have been furiously buying and selling secondhand clothing for about 20 years and I am a label whore and everything almost everything I own is designer and it 95% of it belonged to someone else first and I you know consult with people on it I do a lot of private work on it and you know I would, I would get DMs constantly and people would email me I'm like looking for this I'm looking for this and it was just I was like I have to share all, all this crazy amount of knowledge that I have. Um, so it's been really fun. And, um, you know, like the depths of 
unfortunately, my knowledge of buying and selling secondhand is a little bit frightening. But one thing I did want to bring up specifically on this podcast, so you can get secondhand anything, but I don't know if you both are aware of the very, very growing and interesting world of secondhand beauty and wellness. Um, A little bit. Yeah. So, you know, that is an exploding category. I think someone stands to make a lot of money from doing a standalone, like secondhand beauty um, and wellness site itself. Um, But, you know, a lot of these wellness products or fancy serums or new status symbols, and that's what people want. So they'll buy them secondhand. Like if you have extra drunk elephant, if you have extra Sunday Riley, and I've bought a lot of that stuff secondhand. Um, because it drives me crazy buying anything firsthand. So it's, it's been really fun. Well, Meredith, this has been a real treat, um, to talk to you and to hear about your book. Where, where can our listeners, um, learn everything they need to know about you, about your podcast and about your book? Yes. So everything about me at meredithfeynman.com. Um, I would say for the most part in the social meds, I spend my time on Instagram at Meredith Feynman, lots of memes, lots of Pride and Prejudice memes. And then everything about Brag Better is at brag-better.com. There you can order the book from, you know, the big guy or anywhere else you want. Did the audio book, um, which we'll see if they let me keep in literally me saying thank you to Pride and Prejudice 2005 um, in the acknowledgments, <laughs> which would maybe be a first in an audio book. Um, you can get on your Kindle. And yes, that has, you know, MeredithFeynman.com has more about It Never Gets Old, you know, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and email me if you want to talk about bragging or secondhand clothing or Mr. Darcy until the end of time. Meredith, thank, thank you. you. This was so such a fun. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay. So Meredith is amazing. Yes. I mean, like, what more is there to say? (laughs) After I finished her book, I like Marco Poloed my various groups of women friends who I'm Marco Poling with. And I was like, every single one of you needs to get this book. And then I was like, oh, but it's not out yet. And then I became a very annoying person. But... You were that person. I was that person. We did this. We did this interview um, a few weeks ago. So it's not, you know, the her book has has is now out, but it was not out at the time. But yes, yeah, I found. I I wish I had read her book earlier in my life, but I'm glad. Mm. I'm glad it's available. It it was so helpful. Yeah, her book came out yesterday. Yeah, get it. Learn how to brag better. Yeah. Um, Kate, how, Ooh. how are we doing in the intention zone? Okay. So I, I did this, I implemented this intention today. I was like, we are recording. I want to talk about it. So I got to get to work. And I allotted like an hour and a half to dig into my bathroom. Nice. And I'm still not done. Uh, okay. but I made some excellent strides, including throwing out like so much prescription medicine that expired in 2012, 2015, mm. 2017, yep. like just yep. taking up space in my bathroom. And I did that before we moved oh. and I was horrified. <laughs> yeah. Like what was I holding on to all this stuff for? <laughs> so I, and I also was pretty, I tried to be ruthless for me when it came to editing 
my makeup because I will hold on to makeup for years. Like for example, the NARS orgasm blush that I own, I've had since before we started doing this podcast and that was two and a half years ago. So I threw it away. Wow. Okay. I just, I have such a hard time with throwing stuff away that's not all used up. Yeah. It's It's tough. It's tough. It just, it goes against every like training from my grandmothers that has been instilled in my body. Totally. It feels so wasteful. And so just reflecting on that made me be like, I'm not going to buy makeup because I'm the one who's making it go to waste, you know? Mm. So I really did some streamlining. I dusted. Um, I do have about like 50 perfume samples to go through. So that's going to be... It's going to be a journey. Okay. Um, but I also was looking up the products that I wanted to save to make really make sure that like, th- so that I knew like who owns this company and then who owns the that company. And you know, yeah. I, I really want to, I feel like there's, I've done a lot of lip service of like, I want to be intentional, but it's like, I gotta, I gotta fucking step up and walk this walk. So taking a, taking a step, taking a step. Okay. This is exciting. And what about this week? Okay. This week, Dory, I'm going to moisturize my body. Because mm-hmm. my body... I'm listening. My body is dry. It's dry and flaky. Yeah. And there's something like kind of lovely and intimate about like giving yourself two minutes and lotioning up your body, like just touching yourself. Yes. Wait, do you not do this? No, I'm not very good at doing this on a regular basis. Oh. You lotion your body every day? I lotion my arms and legs every day. Um, and I lotion. I'm starting to be better about lotioning like my tummy and my boobs. Yeah, your butt. You got to get that butt. Yeah, I get the... Uh, I mean, I definitely get the under butt when I do my legs. <laughs> but I got to get the rest of the butt. Yeah, upper butt, side butt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you got to yeah. get in there. Um Yes. So that's what I want to do. I need to lotion at night and in the morning. I'm going to try to like lotion tw- tw- twice a day. Great. Can I make a recommendation? Yes. I am really loving the Hana Hana shea butter that I bought. Mm, I've ordered it, but it's um, on pre-order. It's not available yet. Oh, damn it. Okay. It's well, coming to me. Which which um, scent did you get? I think I got lavender. Oh, I looked at that too. I think I pre-ordered, it was like a lavender or lavender vanilla. I'm not remembering mm-hmm. off the top of my head, but yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's really great. So you, you'll enjoy that. Well, I can shout out the Fat and the Moon All Cream I've been using. Um, uh, Al- Alafia Everyday Shea Body Lotion and Knipe Beauty Secret Body Oil. Those are like my three go-tos for my moisturizing. Okay. Again, there's going to be a list on our on this blog post on our website. Yes. Look them up. All right, Dory, how about you? Last week, you said you wanted to make sure you were checking before you made any purchase to see if there was a Black-owned business yes. that you could purchase I, from first. Yes, I have been... I have been okay about this. I will say one thing that is um, an issue in the short term, and I don't anticipate that this will be an issue always, is that in the last few weeks, so many people have been buying from black businesses that a lot of places have sold out of a lot of things. And like you've found with Hana Hana, things are on pre-order or you can't get them. Um, 
And so that is just something that I've, that I've been running into, um, which is, you know, obviously not stopping me from buying things from black businesses, but it's just, and it's, it's good. I mean, great. They, they sold out of things. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do that. And it's easier with some things than others. Like it's pretty easy to find, for example, like a black owned beauty company that I can buy a lipstick from. It's not as easy for me to find, like if I run out of laundry detergent, like where, where can I buy this from a black owned business? You know what I mean? Yeah. That I don't know. So that I'm, I'm kind of thinking about if that is feasible for me. Um, And I welcome suggestions for black owned businesses from across the retail spectrum. That sounds, I think that's great. And, and, you know, I think the cool thing about this intention is that it is ongoing and not just like a flash in the pan intention, but something you're committing to for the long term. Yes. Yes. This is not just a a week and like I I rub my hands and I'm done kind of thing. Um, Wash my hands of it, whatever. Um, Okay. So I switched out my intention for this week the last minute because I've been doing something that we haven't talked about on the podcast, which is I've been doing a four-week strength program on the Peloton app. Well, hello. Look at you. (laughs) And I'm on the fourth week. Oh, wow. I've been doing it. You've done it for four straight weeks? I've done it for... Yes. I mean, I did three full weeks. And today I did the first workout of my fourth week. And so my intention this week is to just finish total strength. It's called total strength on like finish it on time, finish strong. And I'm excited. It like feels like an accomplishment. That is an accomplishment. Are you feeling good in your body, feeling stronger? Are you noticing like aches and pains going away? Anything like that? Or is it just the commitment that feels good? Sorry to interrupt. Part of it, part of it is definitely the commitment feels good. Um, I like, I realize like I like a program. Mm, like yeah. I feel, I feel, I mean, I don't really feel accountable to the instructor because it's on demand. Like he doesn't know I'm taking his classes, but as we've discussed before, I am inner directed. And so I feel accountable to myself to finish this program because I like set out to do it, you know? So, and it's nice to have like the structure I really like that. Um, so that's been good. I had ordered some weights a while ago, but weights are like on back order. And the only ones that came were a little too heavy. So I haven't, I, and I had, I have weights from like the before times. Um, but I could use like a couple of like 15 pound weights and I don't have those. So I haven't been able to really go up too much in weight, which is fine. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been good. So that's just you know, a simple intention this week, just to finish finish this out, finish strong. That's and, awesome! Yeah, congratulations! Thank you on completing. Thank you it. so much. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. So well, there we look go. at you, a doctor, well, a detective, <laughs> and a weightlifter. I, again, I wear many hats. You do. You really <laughs> do. <laughs> Uh, one of 
the hats I wear is that I host and produce this show, Forever 35. That's true with me, Kate Spencer, and it's produced and edited by Sammy Junio. And Sam Reed is our project manager. You nailed it. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. All right. Bye. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm-hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here Mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you.